Hi there, I'm Logan Clements, one of your co-hosts with the Better Events Podcast. And in this week's episode, we get to sit down with Vanessa Narvios, an event pro who transitioned from corporate events into weddings. And this, uh, this episode is perfect for anyone who's still trying to figure out your niche, or maybe you're thinking about making a transition of your own, or maybe you're just curious about the differences between those two very different types of events. Well, we break it all down in our interview with Vanessa, and so this is filled with some, again, tangible tips for you. But before we get into it, I do want to remind you, if you like what you're hearing, consider leaving us a review wherever you listen to podcasts, rate us on Spotify. You can actually write a review on Apple Podcasts. It means the world and helps other folks like yourself find us on all the podcast platforms. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Better Events Podcast. Join two event strategists, Logan Clements and Mary Davidson, who believe we can all create, host, and attend better events. In this podcast, you will learn about event strategy and actions that you can use today as an event host, planner, or manager. Hear directly from the people who are creating innovative and inspiring events today and tomorrow and grow your business along the way. Now, let's get started and thanks for listening to the Better Events Podcast. Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. I'm your co-host, Logan Clements. I'm joined by fellow co-host, Mary Davidson, and we are very delighted to have our guest this week, and we want to save as much time as we can for our guest, Vanessa Narvios, where we're going to be talking about her amazing transition she's made, not just from working in China to working back in the U.S., but also transitioning from corporate events to weddings. And to leave as much time for her as possible, I'm going to hand it over to you, Mary. Awesome. Yes, I am more than happy to introduce our guest today. So Vanessa is a Southern California native that has been fortunate enough to have lived and worked abroad for almost a decade. She likes to call herself a Jill of all trades. She's a consultant, entrepreneur, event professional, and community builder. And her most recent home was Shanghai, China for eight and a half years, where she was fortunate enough to run over 300 events, both locally and globally. She also built multiple brands and helped launch a fitness application, a fashion line, and helped produce two reality TV shows and started three businesses. So I am thrilled to learn about this today. But also, Vanessa, due to the pandemic, she returned to the U.S. in March of 2020. During those difficult times, she joined a startup e-commerce company, which also had various real estate projects she managed. Ultimately, she decided that she wanted to get back to the industry, which she loves, which is events. And in October 2020, she launched a new events company called Finer Weddings and Events. And it's been going great ever since. And so for that reason, we are so thrilled to have you and to chat and learn so much from you today. So Vanessa, thank you for being here. And is there anything that you'd like to add to your introduction? Yes. Well, first and foremost, thank you so much for having me, ladies. It's um, I'm really excited to have the opportunity to speak to your listeners and to be able to connect again. So yes, thank you for having me. Um, I guess, yeah, the only other thing that Kind of the bio left out was I also had a, a short stint in Bali, which was my 2020 plan until the pandemic imploded that. <laughs> I had left China after uh, eight and a half years of living there and moved to Bali where I was going to be working for my laptop, doing events all over Asia, um, and also some marketing projects that I had in the works. I got to live out about three months of that 2020 dream until, you know, everyone knows what happened, but I then found myself living back in my hometown, which was interesting since I hadn't lived here in quite some time, knew nobody. And uh, it was, you know, total lockdown. So it was quite the transition, but it's definitely things have, you know, definitely looked up since then. So I'm excited to dive into it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Vanessa, for being here. And for our listeners, just a little bit more of why we, why we asked you here. Vanessa and I know each other from uh, my time in Shanghai. She was actually one of the first people 
that I probably picked the brain of when I was thinking about going into events. At the time, I was more on the marketing side of things. Um, and since then, she's uh, been a great kind of partner in events. We've worked together on things in China. And it's been fun seeing your journey since COVID. So I just knew we had to have you on the podcast um, to share both your perspective of what you, you have done and what you are currently doing now. Um, and I know we touched on it in your bio, but just in your own words, Vanessa, like, can you give our listeners a quick summary of your background in events and like what you love about events? So I've actually, I think I did my first event when I was 11 years old. I know that that sounds crazy for most people are like, what? Like, <laughs> um, I used to be part of a uh, young women's group when I was younger and we would do like ridiculously large events, like 250 people. And my mom always worked. So she'd be like, okay, cool. What's your budget? Here's, <laughs> here's the money you need, like make it all happen. And so I've literally been planning events since I was 11 um, and then I worked in the hospitality industry and in hotels and quickly found out that running a hotel was not something I wanted to do, but really what I loved about it was the aspect of different types of events. So I did it some weddings back in the day. I did, uh, you know, Christmas parties, events for Nike, because uh, I was living in Huntington Beach at the time in Southern California. Um, so I really got a nice kind of overall dipping of the toe in the water when I was younger. And when I had the opportunity to move in to China, I, I, again, I was like, I was following my dream of wanting to work in the hospitality industry. And I said, you know what, like this wasn't for me really back in the day and it's not in the real world, you know, after post post-graduation and all that. And so I said, you know what, maybe events is where I'm really supposed to be focusing my passion and my the rest of my future and doubled down on that. And I started working for a sports events company, which if anyone knows me personally, I am the least sporty person on the planet. <laughs> so it was quite the shocker for all of my family when they're like, excuse me, what you do sporting events across Asia. That is the most random thing. But one of the great things about that was um, that they were really high end luxury sporting events. So it was almost much more of like a Vogue uh, GQ style um, high-end charity boxing events that I was planning around Asia. And that gave me a really great deep dive into the production aspect of things and really planning very high-end, expensive, um, very complicated events that were really the foundation of what I was then able to incorporate into more of like the conferences and things that I did, fashion shows, charity events that I did as well for um, – different groups all over Asia. And that was really the the basis of everything that I am able to pull on now as I have transitioned into the wedding industry. So I was very fortunate for all of the um, experience that I was able to gain in Asia. And I'm, I'm very fortunate that I've done all types of things across, this bo uh, across the board. But I think the only thing that I really haven't done is like, a concert, like a full on like rock concert. <laughs> but other than that, I've done a little bit of everything. So I'm happy that I've had those experiences for sure. That's so cool to have such a perspective. And I feel like that really helps figure out and well, I'm sure we'll talk more about this, but figure out what you do enjoy the most from being able to experience all those different avenues of avenues of events. And so when you made the switch from a corporate events um, to weddings and social events, what was kind of the, the main reason behind that shift? What did you want to get out of that that maybe corporate events weren't giving you or just what did that look like? For me, it was mainly um, based on necessity and location. 
because I live in wine country in Southern California, there isn't a lot of corporate. And so I used to tell everyone back in the day, like my tagline was, you know, I do everything except weddings. And for some reason I was like, Oh yeah, that, that, I mean, that explains it. Right. It's just like everything except for weddings. I mean, <laughs> so because I, I did really, and I still do. Um, although now I do weddings primarily, but um, back in the day, I really did. I was able to do anything because of all the different experiences and stuff that I'd done. I'm like, sure. Fashion show. Amazing. I can do that conference. 500 people. No problem. Sporting event for 2000 people. No problem. Like networking event for 50 people. No problem. Like, you know, with my eyes closed, I could do that. So, but the one thing I never did, and I always thought was like on its own little like Island by itself was weddings. And I think I always thought it was such a, totally different thing because of all the emotions involved and I'm a little I'm quite an emotional person and I always just assumed I'd be like a basket case in the back like tears running down my eyes as they're you know saying their vows and that kind of thing so they always kind of scared me but um after I moved back home because of the pandemic and quickly found myself in an area where there wasn't a lot of corporate I was like, well, I guess weddings it is. <laughs> and so here I am. Um, but I've been very fortunate that I, you know, got the ability and the chance to experience it, number one, but then also loved it. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of where I've led to today. So, yeah, and you're jogging my memory, Vanessa. I feel like I've forgotten because I've only done probably two or three weddings um, as like the lead planner on it. But you and I did do a wedding in Shanghai <laughs> together. You were my, my, uh, buddy what I needed more than one one version of me because we had two different yes. locations for a wedding a ceremony that was 45 minutes away from the reception so yes call on the- Vanessa when I couldn't be in two places at one time <laughs> I was the I was the one leading uh, one of the buses yeah and uh- <laughs> yeah we had to have a shuttle it was a uh, quite entertaining well, that'll have to be a, a story for another time but um, forgot about that yeah so you touched on a little bit of kind of why you made that transition but just calling out for listeners, especially folks who maybe don't have experience in one of those, you know, on the conference corporate side or less experience on the wedding side. But what are some key elements or skills that you see you need to use no matter which event you're working? You know, it's so funny. So when I so when I moved into the wedding industry, a lot of people were like, oh, oh, you're, you're so you're new. And I'm like, eh, I've been doing events for like 20 years. Like I am not new to the game. Like, of course not, you know, because at the core of events across the board, really, it's it's the venue, it's the the budget, it's the decor, it's the guests, it's but most importantly, it's the experience, right? So, you know, you have to make the experience work with all those other elements in place, right? So I think that a lot of people think it's so different, but it's I mean, I personally don't think it's that much different. I think the emotions are of course differently, you know, different versus a real estate conference versus like a wedding. I think there's a big there's a big difference right there, but I think in general, it's what is the experience that you want your guests to have? How are you going to deliver that experience on the budget and on the scope and making sure all of the deliverables are met, right? And making sure that everyone has a great time. So I think that it's not as different as people think. And I think a lot of people, especially people that only do weddings, because people that only do weddings only do weddings. They like, they don't do birthdays. They don't do uh, like charity events. They only do weddings. And I think that's versus corporate events. You kind of do a little bit of everything. I think sometimes people, of course they specialize, but I think it's much more versatile on the corporate event side versus on the wedding side. It's much more like, this is what you do period every single weekend. So I thought that was an interesting 
shift in perspective. People were very uh, intrigued at the fact that I had done so many different things. I think that's so interesting. And, and what you said earlier just made me laugh. I'm like giggling in the background muted because I literally tell people like for folks that don't understand the event industry as well. And they want to know like what kind of events I do. I'm like basically anything except weddings. So like that is literally <laughs> what I say to people. And so it's just making me laugh because and, and because I'm like, I can't see a world in which I would like just do weddings. So everything you're saying is actually so interesting to me. And it's really intriguing to see how you've shifted. And so just interesting, really resonating over here. But um, one of the things that I keep thinking about is moving to a new space and then having to kind of reestablish sounds like obviously a really heavy lift. And so how did you gain traction in the new market? What steps did you take to make that happen? Yeah, absolutely. It was um, definitely quite the shift living um, in Bali. <laughs> and my biggest like thing of the day was like, okay, can I finish this task in order to catch the sunset? Like, you know, do I go have a cocktail here or, you know, do I go to this beach over there? So like, that was my biggest like question of every day. And then going back to California, which of course there's much worse places on this world to have been plopped back into. But of course, I mean, it was rough everywhere in the world. Right. So, um, you know, everything was shut down, blah, blah, blah. Everyone knows how it was, but, um, yeah, I mean, I hadn't lived here in so long. I didn't have any connections. Like all the people I knew were from high school and that was a very different, you know, uh, <laughs> demographic. They weren't the people that I was going to be working with. Right. And, um, I just, I first kind of, first when I got here, I just got any job that I possibly could so I could start making money. Cause you know, you got to do what you got to do. And then when I was like, okay, I'm getting back into events, things are finally starting to open up a little bit. Um, I once, I, once I decided I was for sure going to be opening my own company because working for other people, whoa, what a transition that was. That was almost worse than COVID. It's quite literally in terms of like the lockdown because in Southern California, it was a little bit more open than some places around the world uh, or many places around the world. But um, working for other people and doing events under someone else after having done them for years and years and years, like how I want to managing my own workflow and my own process and all that, which is a whole nother kind of conversation, but working for somebody else, I was like, Oh no, Oh no, no, no. So I had, <laughs> but once I decided to open my own company again, it was really like finding out who the key players are and like stalking that because social media leaves clues. Right. So it's like, if you go on Instagram and you're like, Oh, huh, this is the venue that's in everybody's feed. Okay. That's obviously one of the top venues. Oh, these people are tagged on like every third bridal post. These are obviously the people that are the key players, you know, for florals, the key players for you know beauty, the key players for transportation, whatever. So I kind of mapped out who were the key players that I needed to then approach, but I didn't want to just approach them and be like, hi, I'm this person starting a company and like, you should work with me, even though you don't know who I am or what I do or any of my background. And obviously coming from events in the corporate world, like it's apples and oranges and people don't associate it with weddings at all, like I just mentioned. And so I leveraged a lot of my more business skills and my marketing skills to say, hey, I saw that, um, you know, you're in the wedding space and that you're a really great florist. I would love to be able to recommend, recommend you to my brides and I'd love to, you know, put you on these blogs that I do and these like social media posts and Hey, 
how can I deliver value to you so you get more clients through what I'm doing on my own channels? And people literally were like, what? Huh? Who are you? We should meet for coffee. And I like, it was shocking. So it was really the, what could I give to the network? And then obviously be able to deliver on that and back that up. Um, and then from that is how I grew my network and built my value and built my credibility without even meeting people. So now, thank goodness, everything's open and back to normal. And you know, I, now I can go to coffee and lunch and all that and kind of like the more net normal side of networking that people do. But, um, but now I've built my own pocket of the world and have people that recommend me, I recommend them. And it's more of how it works. But that's definitely how I started out was figuring out how I could d- deliver value to the other people before asking like, hey, can you recommend me some brides or love to work with you? Like, and just trying to take from them. So that was my strategy and it worked. So hopefully it can work for some of your listeners as well. Yeah. So it sounds like Vanessa, you took the way of offering to help other vendors. And then did that directly lead to them sending you business or how did you actually start getting bookings from, from folks who wanted to hire you? So it was a little bit of both. So it was, um, so it was me recommending them first. And, but I also did some advertising as well on, um, on the knot and wedding wire and all that, because I, you know, wasn't just like a one like focused approach. I tried everything in the beginning. Um, and I actually went through the venue side as well. Cause I was like, okay, you know, what's the biggest kind of bang for their buck and like, where are, where's the, the client going to first in order to be able to get leads. Right. So, so like, sorry, like to lock in their wedding planners, right. At what stage of the game, essentially like what stage of this process. Um, and I actually went to venues first as well. So I, I luckily, I, <laughs> thank goodness stumbled upon a venue that was owned by Chinese people. <laughs> and they were like, oh, excuse me, you speak Chinese, like, please work with us immediately. And I was like, thank you, universe. <laughs> and so that kind of built my credibility as well. And, um, and so and, you know, just things happen the way that they're supposed to happen. Some, you know, obviously, I didn't think I would only be living in Bali for three months and come back to America. I didn't think that was going to happen. But by God, things work out for a reason. But um but I kind of wanted to reverse engineer the process. Like, so I didn't just do social media, cross my fingers and hope that that was going to work. I was like, where are all the key touch points in the process of like where people bring on their vendors and how they find them. So I tried advertising. I went to other vendors specifically. I did went through the venues specifically and really went through all of the angles in order to be able to build my clientele and, um, you know, start building my business. Yeah, I feel like it's such an important just like call out for listeners because I feel like we talk about this on the podcast a lot that like it is all about connections and relationships that you create like through events in terms of getting referrals. But I feel like the wedding industry specifically in my head is so referral driven, whether it's brides recommending their vendors to people who just got engaged or vendors or venues, like you're saying, like it, and I don't know if that, does that ring true from your experience in it, Vanessa, or do you just think because you did such a widespread approach to you know, all these different channels. That's why you were so successful. Oh, it's, it's, I mean, the wedding industry is so referral based. It's, it's wild. And I think that's actually probably one of the bigger um, differences between corporate versus weddings, which I mean, it's very referral based. And then within the vendors themselves, it is so clicky. Like I was blown away. 
<laughs> like versus with corporate, it's much more like, Hey, can you meet this budget? Does the client like you? Yes or no. Like it's more black and white, which I also like, cause I enjoy the business side of that. It's like, okay, if you can make it happen in our budget and you're credible, then fantastic. We'll work with you. But with the, in, in terms of like wedding vendors and like getting into that fold of where they would even recommend you. Oh my gosh. It was it was much more mean girls style than I ever expected. Um, but yeah, but the only way that you get past that is by being rock solid in your deliverables, making sure that, you know, you can compete on price on all that stuff. Sure. Cause that has to be in there. Cause if they can't afford you, I mean, that is what it is. Right. But uh, the quality and the level of service is where you have to be able to differentiate yourself. And I think that that's also coming from Asia. I was very, fortunate that like my my level of service was much higher and I think a different style than what people are used to like in America and what I encountered specifically was that people had a lot more boundaries in place in terms of like communications and oh I only work from this time to this time and you know I only accept calls on Tuesdays and Thursdays after four and like don't dare call me after seven because I'm with my kids like versus in Asia it is a very much a work around the clock, call me on the weekend, 7am. It's fine. Like, which I'm not saying is healthy. I'm just saying is real. <laughs> so I was, I think a lot more available to clients and they really fed off that. And I, yeah. So it's, I think that was just kind of one of the aspects of the success, but I think that's interesting because on, on the podcast, one phrase we talk about a lot is community over competition. And I think it's good mm -hmm. to realize, cause I'm realizing this, is that depending on the the part of the industry you're in, sometimes it's harder to accomplish. Like I think Logan, correct me if I'm wrong, it's something that like we might experience fairly often, but we're also in a different industry. And so I can see how maybe like you're saying, um, Vanessa, sometimes it can be challenging to really establish those relationships since it's so close knit. So it's it's cool to hear how you've done it. And I think that's important. And I also think it's important that you you did it in a way where like you were saying, you weren't really asking things of vendors or partners you were giving. And then through that came opportunity, which I think is really cool. So hopefully I summarized that well. But um, one thing I was thinking too is weddings aren't typically right repeat clients. And so how does that, how does that look <laughs> as the years go on? Like, is it just, is it more of a hustle for you personally to feel like you got to keep getting your name out there because it's just a new client every time. Does that make sense? My question. Yeah. Okay. Um, it, so in, in one aspect, yes, you're, you're hopeful that it's not a repeat client on the wedding, but, <laughs> but if it is, and they usually, and they usually for your second time around, well, then that's also good. Right. But, um, <laughs> for you, but, uh, no, it's, it's definitely, it's a, it's a one and done type thing, but be, for me, because I do all types of social events as well, meaning like baby showers, gender reveals, engagement parties, bachelor parties, like all types of events up and down the life spectrum, right? Um, I then can be used for their other life events. And so like, for example, I have one client who's actually not a wedding client, but she used me for her, um, for her uh, first baby shower. And then now she's now I'm doing the child's first birthday. I also did the communion. And then now I did her gender reveal for the next one. And I'll be doing the baby shower for the next one. So so that's, that's great. Cool. It's a, a built in yeah. little like, Oh, great, you're gonna need me in six months again. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're gonna be like a core part of their family. And you're still yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. So I've been very, very fortunate and happy for her. I, I'm uh, in the process of um, creating a winter wonderland, wonderland um, themed birthday party for her one year old. And so we're going to have Santas and reindeers and like a life-size snow globe. Like I'm very excited. So I get to do a lot of my creative stuff that I really learned in Asia and apply it to that client because she also has a budget that allows for it versus weddings sometimes are a little bit more um, cookie cutter, I guess, not, not with my specific style, but just for, I guess, the area where I live, a lot of people would go with the same type of theme and rustic and it's the same decor style, I guess. Um, but with her, I get to really use my creativity, which is a lot of fun. So she's like, yeah, reindeer, like, can we do reindeers? I'm like, absolutely we can. <laughs> so yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Well, I think Vanessa, you come with, with such an interesting background and where you've, you know, where it's led to you today and what the types of events you're working on. Do you have any suggestions for event professionals who are listening to this, who are unsure of what type of event they should do? I think really you just, the only way to figure out what you want to do is just jumping in there and getting your hands dirty and doing the work to figure out what type of client it is that you want to service. Cause I hear all the time people are like, Oh, I want luxury clients. I want luxury clients. I just want clients with a lot of money. I'm like, but do you, or like, <laughs> because once you have clients whose budgets are high, I, it's also the level of service, the hours that go into that is, it's otherworldly. So you have to even know if that's something that is your vibe or not. Some people it's not, you know, but it just sounds good. Right. Um, I specifically don't like working with clients that are DIY. It drives me up a wall because they have champagne tastes on a beer budget. And I, that's not my vibe. I just can't stand it. So, I mean, cause it's, cause it's hard. And, you know, I'm like, I don't want to be the, the dream crusher. And that's like <laughs> what ends up happening, especially on somebody's wedding. It's really rough. Right. So I personally like a specific type of client, but, um, I think in terms of people that are like, Oh, do I want to do nonprofit work? Do I want to do uh, corporate stuff? Do I want to work for and like corporate? Like, what does that really mean? Do you want like small mom and pop businesses that are, you know, maybe 20 to 50 to hundred employees, or are you trying to like go for Pepsi and Nike? Like those are two totally different worlds. Are you wanting to work with the DIY brides or do you want like these, uh, you know, half a million dollar budget weddings? Like those are such different levels of service and such different skill sets and teams involved to make all that happen. I think the only way to really find out what it is that you want to do is to get in, volunteer, work for free. God knows, like, that's how I got the ability to do so many different types of things is I did it when I had to work for free when I was young. Now I don't work for free anymore because that's not how you pay your car payment. <laughs> Shockingly enough, <laughs> by, donate, by donating your time. But, um, but I think, especially when you're just starting out, like you should be open and able to volunteer and get in and just do everything so you understand what it is that you like about working certain types of events. I mean, do you like to work during the day? Do you want to stay up all night and manage production? I hate staying up at night. I much rather like to like wake up at 6 a.m., make it happen, and then, you know, I'm done and in bed by <laughs> by 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. or whatever, right? 8 p.m., that's very early. But anyways, but yeah, you got to just get in there and try it out and and figure, figure it out what is your style. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's a learning process for sure. So we've experienced that and probably continue to learn that as well. So thank you so much for, for all your thoughts today. Is there anything else that you want to add that we didn't cover? Um, yeah, I think we kind of touched on a lot of stuff. I, I guess I'd probably like to leave your listeners with, I mean, events is a very, very challenging industry. And I think that as you grow in your profession, and as you grow in your experiences, you never really know where it's going to take you. I mean, I never in a million years thought I would be doing weddings. I've done like 60 weddings this year, which is just crazy from what I ever thought. I mean, I thought I would be doing huge global events and I thought that that was going to be my path. So I think that if you're just open to where life takes you and never really closing the door and saying like, Oh no, that's not me. That's not what I do. Like I'm kind of pigeonholing yourself. Um, don't do that. Be open to the opportunities because you never know where it's going to take you. And I'm pleasantly surprised that I was able to go from this incredibly extravagant, sexy, sexy life that I lived for a long time. And, what I thought would be like the worst thing ever has now blossomed into just something fantastic. So you never know where life's going to take you. So just stay open. Amazing. Thank you, Vanessa. Before we let you go, can you let us know, let our listeners know where they can find you? Sure. So I am pretty much on all the social channels except for TikTok. I haven't gotten into TikTok yet. (laughs) I know (laughs) one day I will, I swear, but um, I am on all the social media channels at finer F I N E R R weddings and events. And that's both plural. And you can of course find me on my website and, uh, yeah, I'm on all the things. So I look forward to connecting with everybody. Thank you again, ladies so much for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. And I hope everyone got a lot of value out of today. Amazing. Thank you so much, Vanessa. Absolutely. Thank you. And that brings us to our bonus tip which this week, Mary, you have our bonus tip. I do. Our bonus tip today is probably something that Vanessa and Logan could really add to as well. But basically, this is our friendly reminder to bring your supplies kit or whatever you call it to your in-person events. So recently, I feel like my most requested items have been like screwdrivers, of course, scissors, tape, pens, like lots of pens, like they need like 50 pens, not just some pens. Um, or like blank paper for last minute science or something like that. Like it's just the requests keep coming. And every time I'm like, you guys didn't think about bringing any of this before. But anyway, this is your friendly reminder and bonus tip to bring your supplies kit to your in-person events so you can help in those instances. So that's our bonus tip for today. Thanks, Mary. Yeah, listeners, don't you can keep adding to your event kit. I added name tags as a new one this year that yeah. I don't think I worried about back in 2019. Even the simple like, hello, my name is, is just nice for staff. But anyway, that brings us to the end of our episode. You can follow us on Instagram at Better Events Pod. You can send us an email at bettereventspod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook or Twitter, both at Better Events Pod. And as always, we appreciate you for listening, and we'll be back in your feeds again next Wednesday. 